Magnificent morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it was an illness, financial burdens, or a dead-end job. Just unforeseen circumstances in general. And you may have felt isolated or alone. But when you feel like you have hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are facing today. But they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. And once again, welcome. This is episode 11, and I'm Jay Jameson. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. If you have been an avid listener from the beginning, thank you, thank you. And if this is your very first episode, I hope you are empowered or moved in some way after today. Today's topic is the Entrepreneurship Journey Part 2, featuring real estate mogul Cherian Levy. Today, I have Miss Cherian who is from one of my favorite cities, New Orleans, Louisiana. Shout out to Nola. And she is one of the nation's leading realtors. Cherian, tell the audience a little more about yourself. Okay, so I am born and raised in New Orleans. In New Orleans, I went to Monique High School and then went to Xavier uh, University of Louisiana. And I like to say to everybody, including all my clients, um, I know this city like the back of my hand. Okay, well, thank you so much again for uh, joining us today. And everyone, welcome again. I'm excited because I have with me a strong, empowering black woman. And 2018 is the year of women. We're witnessing so many powerful women in business making boss moves, right? I, I think at one point it used to be the, the TV lifestyle that everyone saw. But now it's people that you grew up with, people you went to school with. It's people that you see every single day that's literally becoming like millionaires. Right. And you guys are the influencers and the change makers within society. So with that being said, I just want to focus on your entrepreneurship journey and the initial interest that led you to formulate an impactful career in real estate. I want to focus on home ownership and its benefits. Primarily, we know that home ownership is a financial investment. It provides financial benefits such as equity and an improved credit rating and it's perceived as being wiser than renting. It can actually be cheaper than renting in many markets, and it provides financial security and stability. While many Americans believe in home ownership as a positive step for well-being, black home ownership is stuck near 30 years low. According to the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, the black home ownership rate is now 30.5 percentage points lower than non-Hispanic whites who are at 72.2% and 22 percentage points lower than the national home ownership rate of 63.7%. I want you all to just bear with me as we're going through these different uh, statistics and percentages, but it is also 4.6 percentage points lower than the Hispanic home ownership rate, 
the group with the next lowest home ownership rate among the major ethnic groups at 46.3%. The falling home ownership rate has deep social implications for future Black American communities and neighborhoods. Many agree that home ownership is the number one way for Black Americans to build wealth. However, the real estate market is very competitive and being a realtor requires long hours and commitment as with any entrepreneurship journey. Cherry Ann, let's hear a little about your story and the journey within the real estate market. Okay, so my journey is, is extremely one that has not been a straight arrow up. It has been full of twists and turns, but I wouldn't change a thing. So, um, like I said, I went to Warren Easton, I then went to the university, and I did major in chemistry, which you know everyone's supposed to savior. Uh, primarily everyone goes to savior, probably goes to be a pharmacist or a doctor. Right. So my mm-hmm. story is not different. I went to be an anesthesiologist, but more so my family wanted a doctor. I was the first person in my family to attend college. Um, and they wanted a doctor. And so I, I went to school to be a doctor. And maybe sophomore year, um, I realized that that wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I remember talking to my advisor and trying to figure out what is it that I, I wanted to do. And I didn't know. So at that point, I had came, um, I was going to college while I was in high school. So okay, by the time that's I got to my sophomore year, yeah. So I had so many credits. But right. it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to change courses now. Just finish in chemistry and get your master's in something else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished in chemistry, and then I moved to Atlanta. And, and, and while I was in college, Katrina happened, right? Wow. Which, okay. um, so let me rewind. Let me go back a little bit more. So I'm in school, and I don't know what I want to do, and they tell me to finish in chemistry. But I know I don't want to do chemistry, Okay. Right. So I stopped going to school. I left that part out. I stopped going to school. And I was on a full ride scholarship to Xavier University. I didn't drop my courses. I just stopped going to school. So anybody who goes to college, they know when you don't drop your courses and you stop going to school, what happens? When, when your grades come out, you got F, right? Right. You mm-hmm. failed everything. So I failed everything, and subsequently I lost my, my full ride. Wow. Um which didn't matter at the time because I didn't plan on going back to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So I'm working at the time and Katrina happens. And um, it kind of was like a a punch to the face because everybody who had careers um, were okay, right? Their jobs transferred into a different city or state. Um, They had places to live or insurance to live off of. and me, I was just kind of stuck living in shelters and going from, from place to place. So it was at that moment when I was in the shelter in Lafayette that I realized, okay, you need to go back to school and get a degree under your belt, right? Mm-hmm. So I got back in school. Uh, I went to school in Texas Southern University for a semester, and then I transferred back to Xavier University and finished there. So I finished at Xavier. I then decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in Atlanta. So I moved to Atlanta. 
right? The place of prosperity is so everybody likes to think. Right. Everyone um, thinks you grow and thrive in Atlanta. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. Atlanta is a place of prosperity, especially amongst the black community, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Because before then, I think living in New Orleans, you really didn't know. I'd be outside of Lil Wayne, Cash Money, and, and maybe uh, Basta P. You didn't know anybody else that came from here and made it. Gotcha. Um, right. And every, yeah. Everybody who was driving a nice car, nice houses, they were, they were celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. But then you go to Atlanta, and it's the person next door. It's the person in a Ferrari that you have no idea who they are because they're not a celebrity, but obviously they have money, right? Right. And they look like you. And so that was different because, you, I mean, you, you just was raised in a place to where if the person wasn't a celebrity, um, it, it had money, they didn't, they didn't look like us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like a realization that, okay, this is obtainable because I grew up in... in, in the eight ward, which is now known as St. Rock or whatever they're calling it. Um, and then I grew up in the 17th Dirt Town area, right? Mm-hmm. So, grew up with Mudge, grew up in the two bedroom shotgun house initially. I have three biological brothers and one adopted brother. So, it is four, well, I have four siblings and two parents, and usually two cousins in the two bedroom shotgun house, okay? Wow. Mm-hmm. So you go to Atlanta and you see this prosperity. And I always say it's two types of people in Atlanta. It's the ones that are actually making it and doing it. It's the ones that's pretending, right? right. Mm-hmm. However, what they have in common is they all have this, this goal they're trying to obtain. Everybody's fighting to try to make it in and make them up themselves. Right. And um, so I started doing well in Atlanta and I decided to open up an online boutique. And it did exceptionally well, six-figure a year well profit margin um and so that was my first kind of like uh, about what success you can say and i know it's a little long so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> so while that's happening i decided to buy a house mm-hmm. and i'm a person who likes to read so i don't like people doing things for me i'm gonna read and find out what's available and, and what i can get and all of these things and so I remember being in a certain area that I wanted to live in, but my but my budget and and what you know my budget in that location just wasn't going to get me much. So it came down to you know, do you want the house or do you want the location? Um, which are things that I kind of apply even now at, at my real estate career being on the opposite side. But long story short, I ended up going for the house, which was. 20 miles from the location that I actually wanted, but I did all of the business myself. And that kind of piqued my interest in, in real estate because I kind of had did everything. Um, so that was my first little peak. And I said, you know what? I might like to do this. So I ended up moving back to New Orleans and I ended up letting the boutique go for some personal issues I was having with my then relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I went back into the workforce, right? So I moved from making six figures a year to now I'm making $13 an hour at a job. Wow. That's a hard reality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a job going, oh my God, how is this my life, right? Mm-hmm. But you do what you have to do. Right. In order to eat, you do what you have to do. And going back to a 13 hour an hour job is never been easy. I do what I have to do. So I'm at this job and I'm like, okay, what do you like to do? And I'm like, well, I remember when I bought my house in Atlanta, you know, I, I, I loved it. I loved the whole process. I, I loved everything about it. Maybe I should try doing that. And as you can probably tell, I like to talk, right? 
So I'm like, okay, well, if I couple everything I like to do together, then I can find a way to maybe make money at it. So I remember um, my boyfriend at the time, he said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I don't know. It's nothing I really want. You know, and then I said, you know what? Send me to real estate school. He was like, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's what I want. So he sent me to real estate school and... I guess you could say the rest is history, kind of, sort of. So I go to real estate school, I get my license, and I'm still not 100% sure that this is what I want to do. So for the first year and a half of my career, I sold one house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody knew I was a realtor. Because I didn't tell anybody because I wasn't sure I wanted to be a realtor. Mm-hmm. So I have this license that I'm not doing much with. I'm at this dead-end job that I'm unhappy at. And so I'll never forget, I was at my dad. It was November, let's see what year, 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, November 2016, I was at my desk. And I started talking out loud to God, because, you know, it's a personal relationship. That's, I, I, that's how I, 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 I use it. So I say, you know, I, I made a decision. I want to do real estate, and I'm going to take it seriously. And I'm a firm believer that whatever you take seriously, it will take you seriously. Right. So I said, I'm going to take it seriously from this point on. Um, and I, I'm talking out loud, literally. It's mm-hmm. annoying, but I'm talking out loud like the person sitting next to me. And I said, I just, you know, I'm going to do the work. I just want you to bless the work of my hands. And that's what I said. And no lie, not even two weeks later, three people called me. Keep in mind, it wasn't even saying I was a realtor. So at this point now, I'm taking myself seriously. I'm posting. I'm, I'm talking about real estate. And um, three people called me. And the, that was like two weeks later, so maybe the first week of December. And then about uh, March, so we're talking not even four months later, I was able to quit my job and go full-time into real estate because I had that much business that was coming my way in that short period of time. Um, that year, I did, I think, over $4 million in sales. Wow. Um, on the award for the most number of units sold, and then this year I'm on target to do between about eight to ten million sales. Wow! So I said that long winded story mm-hmm. to basically say that um, you know everybody's journey is different. Right. I, I've never been one to look at what someone else was doing. I've never been one to to think about competition. I feel like everything can be a collaborative effort. Um, even we in the same industry, there's things I can learn from that person. There's things that person can learn from me. And I think that it's very important to find what you love to do and then find a way to make money at it right. and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Because so many people are making money and they're unhappy. Right. Then you have people who have these enormous talent who's wasting it at a dead-end job mm-hmm. because they don't want to take that leap. That leap. You know, you have to take that leap. You have to have faith and say, you know what, I can do this. Right, and, and I always believe you- that it's extremely important for you to have some type of passion, you know? Like, you can't go into something saying that you want to do it because you're going to make six Somebody figures. Money in it. Right. Uh-uh. It, if you have that mentality, then you're not going to have that it passion and that you. drive. And when you go through these different shortcomings, you're going to easily give up. But if you have oh, grit yeah. and hunger, and that's exactly. the only thing that you see, you're not going to give up at it. So I also want to ask you this. You have like an amazing story of trivial um, patterns and ups, ups and downs, right? When Absolutely. you were taken from, you know, 
the just the thought of you realizing that hey I'm not really interested in this moving to a new city you know having to stay in shelters and just trying to figure things out and not being able to go back to a job and when you actually do go back to a job it's a salary that's so small how did you mentally you know um just get through all of these different situations and did you have a mentor or someone within your life throughout your career to really guide you through the process so i, I you know i can't lie and say it was not hard because it was there were many many months um where there was there was more money going out than there was coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So you get paid just to be broke, seriously. Like, you know, you're at the gas station hoping that, you know, this dollar that's in your account is enough to get you a full tank of gas wow. so that you can mm-hmm. get to work. You're at a place where you call them into work sick because you don't have the money to put gas in your car to get to work, mm-hmm. right? You're not paying bills. You're, you're brought up here to pay Paul. You get paid day long. I've done all of that. Yeah. I've done all of that. And I've never had a mentor. I've never really known. I mean, now that I'm in my career, I'm around like-minded individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have that. I didn't have that up until this point. So I've never had a mentor. Um, my dad has really been my rock um, throughout my entire life. Because even though we didn't have much, he always supported everything that I wanted to do. He, he made it work. I could do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he told me I could do it. I mean, he couldn't really give a financial hand, but sometimes finance is about what you need. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need just that support system to say, if that's what you want to do, I'm behind you 100%. You got this. You just mm-hmm. need sometimes some, that little mental push. Right. And what you put in the universe, it's going to come back to you. Yes. Putting I, out, oh, I'm you know, such a firm believer in that. I'm such a firm believer in listen, that. Listen, it's true. And, and it's crazy because even like, Throughout this time period of getting jobs, I remember because Atlanta's a whole place to find jobs because you're just dealing with so many educated people that 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 competing with you for that position. Right, it's it took me about high two, competition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it took like two two and a half years to get a job out there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I remember applying for jobs, and my dad would say, "Do you want it?" And I was like, "I don't know." And I say, "No, well, here go. Well, you're not going to get it." Mm-hmm. And then there'll be a job where he say, you want it? And I say, yeah, I want it. He say, you show up that confidence. He said, well, you're going to get it. it. And that's the job mm-hmm. I would get. Yes. Because I said I want it. And even to this day, I do vision boards every single year where I write down everything that I want. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and do I get them all? No, but I get like 90% of them. And right. to me, mm-hmm. that's great. It is. And I'm happy that you actually said that because this entire year for me has been a lot of trial and error and just stepping out on faith and just, you know, really going after my own personal innovative ideas and business plans and things of that nature. And when I really discovered how important the power of the tongue is in using those affirmations, that's when things started just to fall into place. So with that being said, what would you tell the young black female that's interested in real estate or any type of entrepreneurship journey at this time, the lady who wants to do it, but doesn't really have the means or the funds to do it. What type of advice would you give her? Everything in life worth having probably requires a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So if it's something you really want to do, then you're going to find a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. 
right? right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to sacrifice. If that means I can't get my nails done for the next six months, I can't get my hair done for the next six months. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't eat out. You know, seriously, I eat tuna. I'm not joking. I eat tuna for months. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I could afford at some point. Mm-hmm. I eat canned tuna. You know, like, I eat it with crackers and I eat it on bread. I just, I eat it on lettuce. And I just found a way to just mix it up. But I eat canned tuna for months. Mm-hmm. So you, so you find a way. You have you to know, sacrifice. Turn off, off the cable. Mm-hmm. You know, Find a way. Those are not necessities. In order to get where you want to go, you have to find a way. And there are ways. There are things we can cut out of our lives. We may not want to. But I think it's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term reward. Right. Most definitely. And I also want to lead in also into the importance of just home ownership and home ownership within the black community, because in the beginning, I laid out a a lot of statistics and it's showing that, you know, black people, the rate of us owning homes is, you know, very low during this time. So why do you personally think, think that black home ownership is important? And if provided the opportunity, would you be interested in giving different seminars or providing different resources to the community in regards to the benefits of home ownership? Absolutely, I would. Let me say this. Um, probably 95% of the people that buy homes to me have been African-Americans, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, probably 85 to 90% of those are first-time home buyers, and they're young. Yeah. And I tell everybody, you know, I, I try to educate people via my social media platform, um, but I tell everybody, everybody out here that's out here renting, you're paying your mortgage. You're just not paying your own mortgage. Mm-hmm. So when people tell me, oh, I can't afford to, to buy your house, you can't afford not to buy your house. Because rent, especially here, is through the roof. Yeah. And what we're seeing now is so many people are doing these short-term rentals mm-hmm. that they're not, they don't even have a lot of long-term rentals available. They're pushing the renter out because they want this Airbnb money. Right, So yes. you can't afford not. To buy a house because every month that you pay somebody nine hundred, a thousand, eleven hundred, eight hundred, whatever you're paying, you're paying your landlord's mortgage. Yeah. And there are so many programs right now that's helping you to buy a house. Let mm-hmm. me say this. You cannot have bad credit and no money, but you can have good credit and no money, and you can have bad credit and a lot of money mm-hmm. and buy a house. Right? Wow. Mm-hmm. So, if my good credit, I don't need to need a 700 or 800. If you have a 640, you can qualify for any program in this city that out here. That's amazing because, I mean, you're dropping gems that I didn't even know. And, um, you know, the city of New Orleans right now is undergoing a lot of gentrification. So in many historic neighborhoods throughout the city. So I think at this time, it's even more vital. It's even more of a necessity for us as people to just, you know, to take over and just take back and reclaim those neighborhoods. So how do you actually feel about the gentrification that's going on throughout the city? feelings about it and I'll tell you why um, so as a person born and raised in the city I know these neighborhoods right I, mm-hmm. was, ra- I was raised in some of these neighborhoods and I feel like with the more um, people that's coming in from other places then they're coming here for the culture right Right. Mm-hmm. but when you push out the culture then what does that leave because the culture can't afford to pay 400 grand right. for mm-hmm. a house um 
so they have to go find other places to live. Mm-hmm. So on, on one hand, I feel like the culture um, is being pushed out of the city. On the other hand, you're seeing increased property values. You're seeing people that are taking better care of their property. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, they call it double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can't blame nobody but yourself, right? Mm-hmm. At, at the end of the day, you can't blame that. So everybody who owns property, don't sell. Just don't sell. Because three years, five years from now, it's going to be worth even more money. Mm-hmm. So people look at the small picture and say, oh, they just offered me 150000 for my house. I'm selling. When your house probably worth 200 or more, or maybe three years from now, it's going to be worth a half a million. Mm-hmm. But why sell? Because land, they don't, they don't make more land, right? Land is land. Right. What mm-hmm. we have is what, is what it is. So you can pass that down to your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids. So why sell it when you can actually leave generational wealth for them? Most definitely. Because that's what real estate is. Mm-hmm. So what is like your contact information? Because you're very knowledgeable, you know, and like I stated, I've learned so much from your story just from the amount of sacrifice, you know, and I always revert back to society today. Society today, they highlight the glitz and glam and everyone wants to be a hustler and a grinder, but very few are going to tell you those stories of how you said, you know, for weeks, you only ate tuna, you know, and the importance of not getting your hair done, not getting your nails done, you know, like little bitty simple things that we know add up so much money, but because of pride, because of pride or they feel what people are going to say. You know, they try to keep up with the Joneses. And, and in order for you to see that long-term goal that you have, you have to make those sacrifices along the way. And um, so I really want you to drop your contact information just for those seeking advice or interested in purchasing or selling a home. So how can others reach you? So, again, y'all, my name is Cherry and Levy. My number is 504 319 Four one. I am on Instagram at C Levy, so that's C L E V Y underscore Nola Realtor, and Facebook is the same C Levy Nola Realtor. Um, I just want to add this: you can purchase a home with a credit score as low as five percent down. So you do have to have your own down payment, but it's three point five percent of whatever the sales price is. You can purchase a home. Interest rates right now are still pretty low. Even with a 580 credit score, you may be looking at a 5 to 6% interest rate, okay. which is not the highest. Mm-hmm. I've seen 8 12% after Katrina yeah. um, on people who had 700 credit scores. Mm-hmm. So, and credit scoring, or, I mean, credit interest rates are steady going up. So, we want to get in now why interest rates are low um, and take advantage of these programs. If you have a 640, you can buy, and not just in New Orleans, you can buy probably almost anywhere in Louisiana. There are programs available. So, if you're not sure what those programs are, feel free to reach out to me via text, call, email, DM, whatever. Um, but take advantage, and again, real estate is the way that 90% of the millionaires in this country have become wealthy through real estate because it doesn't lose its belt. Right. You gain equity. Equity is money over time. That money builds, property value increases, and again, leave your kids more than debt. Leave them generational wealth and yes. build that real estate. 
Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time. And, you know, even though you said your story, it was long, that doesn't matter. It, it is was. meant It was <laughs> meant to be shared. You know, it really was. And um, you provided just so much information. And I really do hope that others find the time just to reach out to you because it is important to give those who come after us something to pass down to, like you had stated. And um, just one last question I do have for you. Did you use any type of relationships or such to kind of just leverage your way throughout your career? Just the importance of relationship building. So I did. I used relationships. Now, I didn't use it to the negative because there are some people out here who, you know, they, they use relationships with, with, with the opposite sex or whatever to advance. Don't mm-hmm. use it that way, guys. What you want to do is network. You want to network with, you know, the movers and shakers of the city. And, and, and that comes just naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be a social climber. But... It just comes naturally with the people that you meet, with the events that you attend. You want to talk to them. You want everybody to know what you do. Because people can't support you if you don't know what you do. Right. So when I walk into a room, everybody's going to get my business card. On my way out the door, I'm probably going to pass a card. Those cards are going to get my business card as I walk into my corner. Mm-hmm. So I just find ways to always put myself out there for people to know what I do. Um, and it just happens. Relationships happen organically. Yeah. You know? Um, and you want to... Whatever industry you're in, get with others. For example, I work close with insurance companies because when you're purchasing a home, you need insurance. Mm-hmm. I work with um, mortgagers because you need a mortgage. Most people don't have cash to buy a home. Mm-hmm. So I have those relationships with all of those people in those industries that I can call title companies um, and say, hey, this is what's going on. How do we handle this? So that we can keep these bills on the table, make sure you get to the closing table. But in general, forming relationships are extremely, extremely important. And I tell people all the time, don't burn bridges. Because even if you have a disagreement, you don't have to burn a bridge with mm-hmm. that disagreement. You can say what you want to say in a very professional manner. Um, but still, a week from now, you may have to call that person. Right. And that's mm-hmm. how anything, you know. Um, so it's very important to form um, meaningful um, relationships where it's it's not you always calling that person asking for something, but it's a two way street where they can call you as well and get things done. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier. You know? the importance of really just having those like-minded individuals within your circle. You know, you you drop gems, you exchange knowledge, and you learn from each other. And just be your own walking brand because you never know who is looking at you. And that's important on social media too. You know, sometimes you may see someone who is completely different when they walk in the room and their social media and different platforms that they have, they're completely different. You know, those type of things really do matter you can't just go out there and be two different people you know you're a representation of yourself so that's also very important and let me say this you want to be authentically you right Mm -hmm. don't put on a facade don't act a certain way whoever you are be who you are you know within reason so don't be crazy right (laughs) if you're a fun person you have a fun personality show that to people you know Mm -hmm. whoever you are just because people can they they can sift through the fakeness. Right. Most you know, definitely. so if you're pretending mm-hmm. to be somebody you're not, pretending to know something that you don't, whatever it is, they did pick up on that. They don't want to use you. So mm-hmm. you want them to use you because of what you bring to the table and who you are or support you because of that reason. And just saying this, I'm going to say this for free, right? So when 
I did my boutique. Um, and once you build and become a name, everybody wants to be associated. But in that beginning stage, I found, and a lot of other business people have found, that the people you think are going to support you don't support oh, you. Oh, yes. But that most doesn't definitely. matter. Mm-hmm. Like, keep going because strangers will support you. And they'll say family and friends who didn't, they're going to come full circle. It comes full circle, but just so people know, because you think your family is right, they're going to be the main ones out here saying, girl, let me buy it from you, and girl, let no, that's the main one that will not do it. Yes. But don't let that discourage you. Right. I was like, in fact, family and friends, they give, they give you the hardest time, you know? Yeah. Because um, I have an online boutique. It's Closet Fitness. It's women's active wear. And I started that about two years ago. But when I okay. initially started and I was just so excited, you know, the people that buy the active wear are people from across the country that I don't even know, you know, and I do have, you know, the support of family and friends now. But when you first drop something, people are nervous. You have to build that trust and you do have to look past that, you know, and sometimes people, they want to hand out, you know, tell me when the next sale is or discount. Exactly. Can I get a discount. No, ma'am. No, ma'am, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, once again, thank you. You you really did give a lot of information and valuable information. So and look, it is very important. Like minds, I can't say that enough. Be around like minded individuals because I don't care how well you're doing. There's days you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed. Yes. There's mm-hmm. days that you don't want to do that job no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Sunday, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. That tells you I love what I do, right? right? How I'm working Labor Day. I don't care about holidays. I work. It's what I love to do. But there's still those days when I'm like, oh, my God, I, I just want to be in the bed today. Yeah. You know, but then when you have that support system, those other individuals who want businesses, they're like, you can't take a day off. What are you doing? Get your butt up. Yeah. You know, or they'll come get you. Or they, they all in your ear. So it's important to have that that around you, not people that's calling you to talk about other people, not people that's trying to tell you about your competition. Mm-hmm. No, you want people that talking to you always positive and just you just building each other. Right. That's people all, that are gonna uplift you. around. Mm-hmm. And old friends are not always the best friends. I had that conversation recently with somebody. Yes. You know, sometimes people walk into your life today that have better intentions for you or that's better for you than somebody you've been on for 20 years. It's just life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody has a season. You know? I feel like there's a season for everybody and some some of it is lifelong and others, you know, they're only meant to be there for that particular time frame. Absolutely. And then it's okay to cut people and let them loose, especially when they are not reciprocating that same type of energy. You know, I always say, don't come to me with the mess or the drama or what somebody else has to say. We have to encourage and empower and uplift each other. And that's one of the main reasons why I even created this platform, you know, so other women can be empowered through somebody else's hardships and just see where they are now and be encouraged. Right, because you'll find that as long as everybody is, is doing the same thing, everybody's okay with that. But the minute you start to elevate, mm-hmm. then you start seeing rifts. And that's how you learn the true, um, you know, what pe- the true motives that people had for being around you. Because if someone really love and care about you, they want to see you succeed. Exactly. You know, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure you you get to that next level. Um, so like-minded individuals, and I think the power of the tongue, life and death is literally in the power of the tongue. Amen. And we say life and death, yes. we're not talking about just dying, mm-hmm. but your career, 
yes. either has life or is dying. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that you do is either living or is on its way out of here. And so it's all on what you say and how you speak to it every day and every night. And I promise you, you find yourself being positive. I don't care what the situation looks like. Literally, I don't care what it looks like. Even my dad had this thing where we, can't, we never could say one up that we were sick. If we were getting a cold, and somebody said, do you have a cold? We had to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a cold. It's like, what? But you see, I have the symptoms of a cold. Literally, right. we would have to say that. Uh-huh. But I appreciate that now because, you know, I don't speak things all my life. And yes. so when you don't speak them all your life, they may try to attack you, but it can't get a stronghold on you unless you allow it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much again. And just listeners, just always remember that your story is not solely for you. It's meant to be shared with other women and provide them hope with those facing similar hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You are a victor. You are a winner and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles do not and will not last forever. You're brilliant, bold, and beautiful. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. And once again, thank you all for listening. If you have been empowered in any type of way, please share. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm on SoundCloud, Um as well as Be Baton Rouge, which is a local media outlet, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And this is Jay Jameson, and we out.